0: I V M BQ Big Decisions. The Bloomberg Quinn podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. Do you believe in life after death? If you do, you believe that you're headed to a better place after you leave this world. And that thought should give you and your loved ones some peace of mind. But when you do go, wouldn't you want them taken care of? You certainly wouldn't want to leave them scrambling for funds. Death is certainly one of the hardest things for us to contemplate. Which is why we relegate life insurance to the back of our minds for as long as we possibly can. Thanks so much for tuning in. This bq big decisions podcast will help you understand why you need life insurance which policy you should buy when you should buy it and how much your cover should be joining me to talk about all of this is Harsh Fataran the founder of Rungta Securities. Thanks so much for joining me, Harsh. My pleasure, Alex. Now, Harsh, the first thing, and I, I think we, we spoke about this a little while back, not today, but a while back, and the first thing to understand when it comes to life insurance is that you're certainly not buying this for yourself. It's definitely not something that you could, should consider a tax-saving invest,
1: investment. Absolutely. So Alex, uh, the purpose of buying life insurance is that if you have dependence on you, if you have people who are dependent on you financially, and in case you're gone, unfortunate and uh, untimely death, who takes care of that uh, You know, financial requirements of your family in your absence? Mm-hmm. So they will continue to live though you are not there around. Yes. They will need money for their expenses, which you're not going to be able to provide any further. So mm-hmm. who provides them that financial assistance in case you're not there? And it's a really hard thing to contemplate, but perhaps for the
0: purposes of understanding the importance of live insurance, our listeners should consider doing this if they sit down one day, perhaps on a Sunday morning, and think what their family would have to face if they were not there the next morning.
1: Absolutely. So all the time that you're alive, I mean, you do want to give the best to your family. Yes. You love them so much. So the question is, do you love them until you are alive? or you love them until they are alive. Mm. So the question is, they need to feed themselves. You have children, you have a spouse, you have parents whom you're taking care of. Mm. In case it's been unfortunate that you are not around. Yes. Why do you want to leave them with an emotional vacuum as well as a financial vacuum? Mm. So nobody can fill in that emotional loss, but you do have in your control that you can at least replace yourself financially. Now, One
0: question that I'm sure some listeners will have is that if I have investments that I've made over a long period of time uh, and if I've already got you know, a sizable uh, amount of money set aside for my family. Say I've bought real estate, one for each of my children. and I have two. I have one house in in one person's name, another house in another person's name, and a large amount of money that I've set aside in long-term investments. Do I still then need to get life insurance if I've taken care of my future uh, of
1: my dependents? No, not really then. So, why do you buy life insurance in case you do not have that kind of corpus already accumulated? So, assume a situation that we're looking at replacing ourselves financially to the extent of rupees 50,000 a month. Okay. As an example. Okay. So I, you know, we're looking at this situation there in you're earning 50,000 rupees a month and your family survives on that 50,000 per month. In case you're not there, you want your family to get 50,000. Okay. Okay. So had you, uh, you know, made a fixed deposit worth one crore today itself while you're alive, if you have a fixed deposit of one crore, Mm. the bank would still give you about 6% in today's terms. Correct. So the post tax return, suppose you were generating 6% on that. That it that amounts to about 6 lakhs a year, yeah. which is 50,000 a month. Correct. So whether you are there or not there, that 50,000 is still coming to the family. So it's, it's basically the risk of loss of that income that you want to take care of. Absolutely. So the point is, in case you're not there, the interest on that fixed deposit will still come. The question the million dollar question is in our lifestyles and the income and the expenses that we have we may not have that kind of corpus available yeah so in this example you need one crore as a corpus hypothetically you've created savings which are up to the extent of 10 lakh rupees as on date Mm. your shortfall is 90 lakhs correct when do you need this 90 lakhs it could be as early as today or tomorrow yes now which is that investment product or a product financial product that promises to fill that gap even in a day's time
0: okay that is that is life
1: insurance insurance. so what do you do in this example is that you buy an insurance for 90 lakh of rupees because 10 lakhs you already have 90 lakhs in case something happens to you family gets it so totally one crore which they put in a fixed deposit at six percent say and you get fifty thousand a month okay so you've replaced yourself financially yes
0: okay so we've talked about why you need it Let's talk about when you need it. Um, And is there a particular age at which you should go out and buy one? Because, you know, I've obviously come across a lot of individuals who just joined the workforce, who take policies and therefore pay a very small premium.
1: So, well, there are two schools of thoughts for this. So, first and foremost, in a typical scenario, you need life insurance only when you have dependents. Sure. And we established that. That's the first thing we talked about. That's a conventional and the real sense of insurance. So until you do not have financial dependence, there is no need for you to have insurance. So that is one school of thought that we've already spoken about. The other one is, as you said, if there is a person who's very young into the system, suppose he's just a 23 or a 24 year old, started earning for himself, no dependence as of now. There could still be some case in point to consider that why should he not or he or she should not buy an insurance right now itself. There are two or three reasons. The first one being that whatever premium that person pays and commits to now continues to pay the same premium for the rest of the tenure of the policy.
0: How long do these tenures normally last? Is is it something that uh, is age dependent or is it something that is uh, tenure dependent?
1: So both ways. So uh, you could take a policy of for, for 40 years from today. So that is one of the options. Okay the other option is that you can take up to your age say 70 75 80 subject to that maximum limit of a policy also okay so you if a 30 year old wants a 40 year policy he can get but if a 60 year old wants a 40 year policy he may not yeah, get. okay okay so, so now is a cap on the age yeah so now in fact nowadays uh, companies have started offering cover up to 100 years of age
0: okay yeah because expectancy is going up they yeah. have to change yeah. the product
1: so so there one uh, point that merits a person a young person without dependents to buy a policy is that whatever you contract into today, Hmm. you will pay the same premium for the rest of the tenure of the policy.
0: And that's a significant advantage to have because young people pay, and in some cases, you know, 8, 10, 15,000 rupees a year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what a 23-year-old will pay will be far lesser than what a 35-year-old will pay. So might as well contract earlier into the policy. The other advantage is that life insurance or any insurance for that matter is given to a person when he's perfectly healthy. Yes. So if you are not contracted of any ailment no lifestyle diseases even including hypertension and diabetes etc uh, if you contract into a policy today you're perfectly healthy sure so might as well buy it today rather than you wait for a couple of years and god forbid if you contract any ailment getting a policy will become difficult okay so might as well buy it today because you're also paying less as i said at the first point the second is you're healthy today so why not buy today the third fact being that sooner or later you will have dependence. sure uh, so, why not take the advantage 1 and 2 that I uh, that I listed down and collaborate it with say that sooner or later I may need insurance.
0: So, there is no age per se. Ideally, for when you are as young as possible and when you start earning, you should consider taking a life insurance. So,
1: term se. insurance particularly will be given only to people who are earning. Hmm. So, it cannot be given to people who have still not started generating so, any income. Yeah.
0: So I want to talk about it. And and, uh, incidentally, leads me to that uh, leg of the conversation where I want to talk about the various types of uh, insurance policy or life insurance policies. One you just mentioned
1: is term. Can we list them out? Yeah. So essentially, there are four different types or categories of insurance policies. So everything else fits around that. So if you talk about the first category is a term insurance plan. Now term insurance plan is a pure protection plan sure you buy a you have a sum insured and you have a premium okay. and the effect comes into the policy comes into effect or comes into force or comes into you know real sense of benefit pay payment comes only in case of death okay so if a person insuring himself uh you know passes away the sum insured is paid to the nominee. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's nothing paid. So there's no investment element into this particular policy.
0: Basically, to put it in terms that even a layperson can understand, the sum assured is the amount that your dependents will get in the event that you pass away before the completion of your policy. And the premium that you pay is the price that you pay to the insurance company because of the risk that they're taking, that you will indeed pass away before the completion of your policy. Right. Correct.
1: So this is a pure cost. You're paying that premium. Only in anticipation that if something were to happen to you, if you were supposed if you were going to pass away, the insurance company will give you a dependence that some insured that they've promised.
0: And the premium is lower for a healthy individual because the risk involved
1: in that individual passing away is that much lower, right? Correct. So there are different categories. One is the health status that you are uh, enjoying right now. So if you're a healthy person, you will pay lesser premium than somebody who's already suffering with say hypertension, sure. diabetes or any other ailment. There's also one more category and differentiating factor in premium. And that is if you are a non-tobacco consumer or a tobacco consumer. So smoker, non-smoker. So in case uh, you consume tobacco in any form, your premium will be higher than the person who does not consume tobacco in any form.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay, fair enough. We've taken uh, our listeners through the first uh, insurance type that is term insurance. uh, and, And that's the basic type of insurance. What
1: are the others? So the other one would be which has an insurance coverage and an investment element put together. So they're popularly known as endowment policies. Uh, whole life policies they'll call them money back policies so there are different uh you know categories different names different structures however they fall under the uh, ca- broader category of insurance plus investments okay so uh, wherein you have insured yourself for an x amount of money you pay a premium a part of that premium it goes towards your risk coverage sure Internally So you're not aware of this So this is You just land up Paying your premium What the insurance company Does internally Is that they set aside A portion of that money That you've paid Towards covering that risk And the balance amount Is invested on your behalf Sure Whatever returns an insurance company generates and wherever they can invest that money is very strictly mandated as per IRDA guidelines. So they have to put money in, say, infrastructure bonds, government securities. And so they have small leeway to put a portion of their money into equities. So they follow that investment pattern mandated by the regulator. Whatever returns have been generated, of course, the insurance company keeps their margin of profits in that the balance amount is allocated back to the policyholder in the form of bonuses, okay. which could be revisionary bonuses, which could be a final bonus, etc. Sure. So this gets into a life pool and that is divided as per bonus announcement on different policies.
0: Okay, I must be frank uh, and Harsh, that sounds a little complicated. Uh, basically, what we're saying is that this is an insurance policy plus an investment policy. Absolutely right. Uh, the premium that you pay on a yearly basis is divided into something that goes towards your Sum assured which is the amount that you get in case of your death and there's a certain amount that is your uh, that, uh, that, that you get if you don't die Absolutely. at the culmination of your policy uh, which is
1: uh, your investment component right so put in simple words I mean in this case if you buy an insurance you have in case you pass away the policyholder passes away the pa- family gets some insured yes. plus the bonuses of the number of years that the policy has been in existence before the death of the policyholder. And if nothing happens to you at the end of the tenure, so suppose you've taken a policy for 20 years, nothing happens to you, at the end of 20 years on maturity, you will get money back because there is an investment component in it.
0: Okay. okay. We'll talk a little bit more about this, but let's get to the third type.
1: So the third type is similar to your second type, which is insurance and investments. However, it's a new uh, you know, concept, which is wherein you also control where the money gets invested. So these are the ULIP policies. Ah the unit-linked insurance policy. Sure. So in the type 2 that we spoke about, insurance plus investments, you have no control on how the money is being invested. Sure. That insurance company does it themselves. And as per the guidelines of IRDA. However, in ULIP, a unit-linked insurance policy, the concept is the same. You have a sum insured, hmm. you pay premiums. Just the difference is that here you will exactly know what the NAVs are because they're a unit-linked policy. Okay, let's talk about NAVs very quickly. Yeah. So, so basically, you've put money, you've invested as premium, part of it is taken out as mortality charges. Sure. The balance amount gets invested in a fund of your choice. Sure. So you will tell them I want a balanced fund or I want a debt fund or a uh, 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 an equity fund, etc. Mm. The money gets invested as per your choice. Okay. So if you're choosing an equity fund, actually, it will function like a mutual fund itself. Okay. So you will also have an NAV. And uh, that is uh, the underlying value of all the securities that that fund is holding.
0: Fair enough. So, And, and there are certain tax benefits also to uh, buying ULIPs, just like, just Minority.
1: like your term plan just like your uh, investment endowment kind of policies that we're talking about just like uh, and ulips all enjoyed tax benefits under section 80c correct to the extent of 1.5 lakhs as of correct right now there's a fourth policy that we're talking about yes the fourth type of policy is an annuity policy which an insurance company gives you okay. so annuity is exactly the opposite of life insurance as a concept all right so in life insurance investment oriented policy that we're talking we're paying small amounts of money every year yes and the end of the policy period you get a lump sum in your hand yes in annuities, you're doing exactly the opposite.
0: You're giving them a lump sum and you get basically a pension at the end. Correct.
1: So, you give them a lump sum and then you get a fixed amount of money as per the policy terms and the choice annuity option that you've chosen for the rest of your life until you're alive. Yes. So, you give a lump sum, get uh, small bits for the rest of your life. Yeah. In the first, uh, in the second and the third type, the investment and uh, insurance policies, you're paying small amounts and getting at the end of the period.
0: Okay. So, we've talked about the four different types of policies and I do want Want to talk about this a little bit more harsh because for years now we've been talking about mis-selling uh, on the part of uh, in- insurance agents a lot of pe- people have been sold dud policies And I've, in fact, on the show that we do on Portfolio, I've met young individuals who've got a term policy as well as a second policy that you mentioned, uh, endowment policy, where the amount of premium that they're paying effectively for the term policy is a really small amount of money. The premium on the second one is a very large amount of money. And the sum assured in the second case is a fraction of the first case. So it's it's really a no-brainer right now in terms of what
1: you should choose. So uh, in terms of what you should choose, I mean it's very clear. If you're looking at life insurance requirements, if you're looking at a life cover purely uh, for the protection of your family members, then term insurance is the only way to go about it. However, when you compare it with investment-oriented policies, so some insured and premiums are not strictly comparable. Right. Because in the second part, you're also paying towards investment. So it's not only a cover that you're getting. But
0: so, my point here is that the rate of return and they they call it money back and some, uh, uh, you know, what are the other terms? Whole life, you, my endowment. And yeah, they call it money back because that I would think, uh, you know, would grab somebody's attention. You're, you're paying for insurance and you're getting mon- your money back. Correct. That's not offered to you on a motor insurance, is it? Absolutely. You know, you don't get things both ways. You right. buy insurance for, for your vehicle. If something doesn't happen to your vehicle, you don't go back to the insurance Correct. and say, give me my money back. Right. So they're effectively saying, you know, we'll give you your money back if something does not happen. Right. But if you compare it with any other investment product, it's not even in the same realm of existence, right?
1: Yeah. So uh, you're right. When you look at the returns that an investment-oriented policy gives you, I mean, it will be in the range of a maximum 6%. So we would not really be able to comprehend a situation where you will get about 8 9 or 10% out of your insurance policy.
0: Maximum. When you're saying 6%, Harsh, I, I must say that you're being a little generous here.
1: Yes, yeah, so as I said, the maximum <laughs> side you look at is about 6%. Uh, it but, could go as low as? Uh, you know, anything, I think between 4 to 6% is something that you could look at as a return from your investment-oriented sure. policies. So the question is, uh, why would still people buy it? I mean, and looking at the restrictions of exit out of the policy. So if you haven't paid insurance premiums for three years, at least, whatever you've paid for the first two years is gone. It's completely forfeited. Yeah. Even if you'll end up paying for 10 years and uh, you were supposed to remove money out of it, if you want to surrender it, you, it's quite possible that you may not even get back your principal amount yes. paid. So there are certain restrictions. So, however, we must uh, understand that there is a buyer for every product. Yes. Okay, so while we talk about investing in mutual funds as to be the most prudent way or put in a PPF Mm. or your EPF accounts or recurring deposits or fixed deposits, they are genuinely a better investment product. Yes. So we have been emphasizing and I think we've done it N number of times that segregate your insurance and investments. Don't club them together. I think that it is also a
0: sign of the times, right, Harsh? Because I find that a lot of people who did do that Hmm. and who advocate it are people who went through say uh, you know a crash in the 90s in the stock markets and who burnt their fingers or who someone who they knew Hmm. burnt their fingers and they were completely uh, put off by the stock markets and said that it's a gambling den and you must not go towards that Uh, they haven't come to trust mutual funds just yet correct Uh, fixed deposits and life insurance is LIC LIC policy it's the the thing that they know they're comfortable
1: so that's why I said uh, you know there are all kinds of investors and they all need different kind of investment options. Not everybody is comfortable with mutual funds, even today. So we're in 2019 talking about this. So not everybody is comfortable with equity investments. The idea is that awareness needs to be created. Yeah. But we can see the shift now because of lots of uh, activity happening in the print, electronic, and online media. Yeah. You know, just like we are speaking now, we are trying to educate our in- uh, you know investor to m- make him understand where the value really lies. Mm. So insurance is term plan investments is all other frithor of uh, products that you have you have mutual funds fixed deposit recurring deposit ppf's sukanya yeah. samarit these and there are so many different options yes. so we have been
0: and it's important to talk about this because and i, I can talk about my own case Harsh, because i went uh, to open a bank account and i won't tell you which bank but um, i was asked to speak to uh, somebody who apparently was an investment advisor And uh, it turned out that the person was trying to sell me ULIPs and said that this is the most tax effective investment that you can possibly buy.
1: So this is the case with uh, 9 out of 10 people even listening to this podcast right now, Mm. wherein you stepped into a bank to open a bank account and uh, to put in a fixed deposit. And uh, somebody has been then after your life to open a ULIP policy. Yeah. Leave aside this. I mean, have you even tried to take a locker in a bank?
0: I mean, let's not get into that. (laughs) Okay, so the point is, and and I think the the core of this conversation is that you must uh, segregate, like you were saying, investments and insurance. And if you're buying uh, life insurance, you must consider buying term insurance. But when you are buying term insurance, and this is effectively determining what summer assured should be, uh, your example of 90 lakhs, uh, and, and the 10 lakhs that you have right now, you have to identify what your income or rather what your expenses would be when you are no more, which is no mean task. So how do you identify how much of summer
1: short you should have? So, well, again, uh, there are a couple of ways you can do go about doing this. So one of the ways that we spoke about was if you want to replace yourself with 50,000 a month and current interest rates being at 6%, you would have one crore in a fixed deposit. Uh, fulfilling this particular requirement of yours the other is of course uh, you will this is the current expense so you will want to uh, incorporate inflation into this so you may want to you know add certain amount of money onto that saying suppose if one crore it takes care of current requirements why not i buy an insurance for 1.5 crores so that the future expenses are also kind of taken care Mm. of the third would be to top it up if you have a housing loan or any loan outstanding say suppose you have a 50 lakh outstanding housing loan amount you will buy an insurance for 2 crores now. Yeah. So 1.5 crores to take care of your monthly expenses. 50 lakhs is an outstanding amount for the loan uh, loan that you have. Is
0: that something that you advocate that everybody with a loan must do?
1: At least cover their their loan amount? Yes, they should. Because now 1.5 crores was for your day-to-day living expenses of your family. What if you are not there? 50 lakhs of housing loan. Who's going to pay that? Yeah. So you have 2 crores. 50 lakhs is used to pay off the housing loan. So your family retains the house without any uh, loan on itself. Yes. And the 1.5 crores is used for the day-to-day expenses. Correct. So this is what you top it up. The third thing that you would do in case you have children uh, whom you believe will require for higher education, they will require say 50 lakh of rupees. For marriage, they'll take about 25 or 50 lakhs. So you add that uh, further. So you buy an insurance for 3 crores in that sense.
0: Is there any limit to how much you can buy?
1: So uh, from your requirement point of view, of course, there is no limit. But uh, from a financial underwriting standpoint, yes. so when you go to an insurance company and say, I want to buy insurance, yes. it is evaluated based on your income. So it's a multiple of your income okay and the idea behind it being that uh, you know if you're if you're earning an x amount the maximum insurance that you can have including the ones that you already have yeah. cannot cross say probably 20 times of your income or 30 times of your income or 10 times your income depending on your current age okay so you cannot be valued more dead than alive okay so in case you are suppose you're earning a lakh of rupees per annum only hypothetically as an example and you're a 30 year old hmm. If you are alive, you will work for another twenty-five or thirty years. Right. So one lakh into thirty years. So thirty lakhs is the maximum insurance that you should have. Okay. In case you buy an insurance for three crores, mm. which are which are which you can even pay for hypothetically, right. because considering premiums are a small fraction. Sure. You had you been alive, your family, you know, your economic value in that sense is thirty lakhs. Mm. However, you have insured yourself for three crores. Yes. So your value dead is more than your value, value alive. Value life, yeah. So uh, that's really not the purpose of insurance. Nobody should profit out of your death. Correct. You should be replaced financially, Hmm. which means whatever the existing status is should be maintained. If somebody tends to profit out of your death, Hmm. then my friend, you're in trouble.
0: Well, when you put it like that, I I think that I might just uh, become a subject in a crime mystery. (laughs) The next time we talk, we'll talk about that. But uh, let's talk about mis-selling. And to close off this conversation, you must be aware of the product that you're buying, obviously. And as time consuming and as troublesome as it might seem, you should be willing to read the fine print, right?
1: Yes. So, you know, it's not too much of an effort, quite honestly. So, if anything has been proposed to you, there are few basic points that you can find out about a policy. Yes. Uh, you know, there are mis-selling is of different kinds. So, one of them would be that you're encouraged to, you know, buy something that you do not need or require. So one of those examples is when you go into a bank for a bank account and you've been told to buy something. You want to take a locker, but you've not been given unless you buy a policy of that bank. Yeah. So these are a couple of things uh, that you should be careful about. Not going into too many details because what not to do is a larger list. Yes. And uh, it's a non-exhaustive list. I mean, it go on forever.
0: But sometimes, Arsh, and, and, you know, just to talk about that point, it's very difficult to read these policy documents also because they're in very heavy legalese. So perhaps some questions that you can ask the person who's selling you would be more appropriate, right?
1: Yeah. So in fact, uh, even when you get your policy in your hand, there is one basic features Ah, page.
0: Yeah. That so you must go
1: through. yeah so that's there behind your policy schedule. So policy schedule is that page which has all your details on it. Yeah. Then you have you know the most important features. So what exactly is that policy about you can take a glance uh, look through it. Yeah. And then there is policy wordings. That is actually the entire uh, legal document and exhaustive legal document which you may not want to read. But the main features of the policy are available in a very simple two-pager FAQ kind of a situation. Yes. So I think you should at least go through that. And uh, you know, if you don't want to get into that exhaustive list of things that you should be doing, I think simply put, if you have a life insurance requirement, buy a term plan. Okay. Anything other than term plan, I mean, you can just you know turn a blind eye towards it, and I don't think you will be missing much.
0: No, yeah, absolutely, and that's the best possible advice that uh, I think that our listeners are going to get on life insurance. I think uh, that sort of sums up life insurance as a concept. Uh, It's most important for you to go out and get one, especially if you have dependents. Thanks so much, Harsh, for joining me on this conversation. It's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure always. All right, dear listener, thank you so much for joining me on this BQ Big Decisions podcast. We spoke about life insurance today, but there's a lot more coming up in just a short while. Do look out for another podcast next week. This is Alex Matthew. You've been listening to Bloomberg Quint. If you enjoyed Big Decisions, check out some other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. You can check out Pesa Vaisa, hosted by Anupam Gupta, Advertising is Dead, hosted by Varun Dugirala, the Ronnie Screwwala podcast, hosted by Ronnie Screwwala, or Cyrus Says, hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IVM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from. What
1: do we have to do? <laughs> Welcome to Waterplay, you guys. This is the favorite sports podcast of several sports persons, such as myself, Dudeja and Mikhail, who also happen to be the hosts. Yes, yeah. uh, you, you should definitely listen to our podcast for our take and quite an uninformed but hilarious take on, on sports every sport. week. Uh, We give out awards We discuss uh, What happened in the world of sports And uh, We We take
0: breaks as well We come up with jingles And sound effects On the go (laughs) Yeah Uh, So you should definitely Give give us an example Of a sound effect (laughs) Raja Yeah tune in for some of that bro (laughs) You can catch us On the IBM network Every Wednesday On the go On the Wednesday In the Wednesday Yeah Wednesday. Wednesday, water player. Water player, W. Wednesday, W. Wow. Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday to Wednesday. a player, Matthew Waday. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tech Careers in the New, the new podcast series presented by Accenture. I'm your host, Shiladitya Mukhopadhyay. In this podcast series, we'll get you the latest and greatest in the world of technology that's shaping the future of business as we know it. We're talking intelligent platforms, cloud, AI, blockchain, extended reality, and a whole lot more. Every fortnight on Wednesdays, we'll have for you a hot topic with expert speakers from Accenture talking about top trends in the space, how these are changing the world and creating growth across industries. And importantly, we'll tell you how you can learn more, build your skills and expertise to grow and stay relevant in your career. Episodes out on the IVM podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts from.